Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. One, two, three. Nuanas Now on ESPN Radio. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX by Ted Television. Most days, the ESPN MT app. I'm Coulter Nuanas coming to you through the ESPN MT studio. If you missed anything in the first hour of the show, you can find it on the podcast. Right, presented by Schulte Law. Visit jschultilaw.com, the M Store, where they're all grizz all the time, and the Montana State Bookstore. Visit msubookstore.org. It's time now for our ESPN Roundtable. It's proudly presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. Paradise Falls has breakfast, lunch, and dinner seven days a week. Full-service casino, 18 draft beers, plus more than 20 big-screen TVs for you to watch all the games on if you'd like to watch the Cat Grizz games somewhere. 2 p.m. for the women, 7 p.m. for the men when it comes to the uh, rivalry games on the hardwood. You can head on down to Paradise Falls. They'll be showing them. They'll have uh, food and drink specials all day long. So uh, check them out there on Brook Street, 3621 Brooks, Paradise Falls, Missoula's coolest hotspot. ESPN Roundtable. Doing this remotely because uh, this guy's a busy guy. We just got wrapped up with a lunch. So uh, hanging out and... Uh, Catching up with our good buddy Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, usually joins us on SkylineSportsMT.com and uh, time to time here on ESPN Radio, but it is a rivalry week, and we haven't caught up with him since he was back from Frisco. So uh, thanks for taking a minute, man. How you been? I've been great. It's been, a, it's been a whirlwind. I was joking with my wife and everyone else. I feel like we're finally back in routine this week. It took a whole week to kind of come down from the end of football and the national championship run and go into Frisco. So it's nice to get in routine, and I think very fittingly, as we're going to talk about, it's rivalry week. So it's fitting that uh, all of this is happening right now. Get some basketball on the docket here in just a quick minute, but we got to get your reactions from Frisco. I mean, you were there in the booth. Uh, first of all, just tell us about the whole experience at large. Is that, was that your first time? It was my first time down there, and they do an incredible job. 14 years in Frisco. What I love the most, Coulter, is they embrace it. It's a huge market, right? You could say it's a concrete jungle from Dallas all the way up to Frisco and the surrounding areas. They embrace that championship. It, it felt like that all you saw was South Dakota State fans or Montana fans down there. That's what you want. Um, you know, there, there's little things here and there. The state Sure, it could be bigger, but at the same time, I thought it was pretty loud for a soccer stadium being away from it all. I was I was very impressed just coming away with the entire experience of it all, and uh, it definitely gets you motivated to want to get back there because uh, they want you there, and uh, obviously every team strives to be in Frisco. Well, the common talking point across all of our platforms has been 
what is the gap, and if there is a gap, where is the gap between Montana and South Dakota State? Uh, it remains, here's the deal. There was like this bar in the FCS because at first it was, okay, how does North Dakota State, uh, will they fall off? Then when it was very clear that they weren't going to fall off, then it was, how do we catch North Dakota State? Because they were this bar that existed forever, and it was like, doesn't matter if the coach leaves, what quarterback, it was just this factory. Well, all of a sudden, finally, somebody else gets a, a piece of the pie at South Dakota State. Can they sustain it? I don't know if necessarily it's about comparing to SDSU. I guess it's just more about comparing, because SDSU and NDSU had very similar formulas for these dominant runs. So not necessarily South Dakota State specifically, but just a national championship caliber level. Where where does Montana need to make gains this offseason? I tell you what, they're close. And, and I, I did I did not see that big of a gap, right? It's very easy, and I would say maybe lazy, to just look at the final score and say that there's a gap because there certainly are more layers to that. And, and I feel really with South Dakota State, they did exactly what NDSU did. I mean, North Dakota State lost nine regular season games in a decade, and four of them were to South Dakota State. So they found the formula, and now SDSU looks very similar to what NDSU did during those runs. I think it's very clear that three teams are above everyone else even going into next season. South Dakota State, North Dakota State, and Montana. Those will be the top three in the national preseason poll. As far as specific gaps or just specific areas that certainly need to be focused on, I think you saw the offensive line, right? I mean, the Grizz offensive line was much better than it has been, what, five, six, seven years ago. But there's a very clear gap between them and South Dakota State. you got two All-Americans, but also there's continuity there. There were four of their starters that had all started together for like 35 straight games or more. It's hard to duplicate that. That is probably where I saw the, the biggest gap. I mean, we've talked about it too a little bit. Quarterback play, I, I think just having an efficient star at quarterback in that spot is great. But Montana... I, I did not see that big of a gap. They were right there, and I feel maybe a fumble away from taking a second-half lead. Then all of a sudden we're talking about a totally different story than as far as SDSU and everybody else. I totally agree with you. I, Ryan Tutel and I were talking about this. The Grizz certainly are way better on the offensive line than they were when Bobby Halk first came back. They, are, they have a very good offensive line. I think that the formula that's been drawn in the sand here, though, for the last 10 years is you need to have one of the single best offensive line. You need to have one of the two or three best offensive fronts if you're going to compete with a team that also has that. That's what North Dakota State and South Dakota State have had. Yeah, absolutely. And it's glaring when you don't, right? And that's why they've been able to beat teams down, pound them down over the years, and why it feels insurmountable. If you can't get pressure on the quarterback and you can't stop the run, you're not going anywhere, right? And I feel that those are the two areas where everything's built. Montana, it's been, you know, as everybody knows out there, it's been a labor of love. It's been patience of letting this thing build. And we finally saw the fruits of that labor last year. There's no question, talent-wise and from a skill position standpoint, Montana's right there on par, I, I think, with anybody. If not coming into that one, you'd even say South Dakota State, Montana, similar from a skill position spot. Montana returns everybody next year. So that's not really where I'm looking at. It's more of just building the beef up front and establishing that same form- formula over and over. You don't have to say this, but I'll say this. you got to be better than what Montana was at quarterback this year to win a national championship. I, it's not, I'm not taking a shot at Clifton McDowell or anybody else. It's just that for all of the fanfare and, and uh, pomp and circumstance about the line play and the great defense and all these things that both NDSU and SDSU has had over this last 10 years, they've also had one of the best quarterbacks in the country consistently. I mean, North Dakota State put four straight guys in the NFL, and Mark Kronowski, I don't know if he's NFL good, but he's the best quarterback in the country at this level in terms of, you know, all the intangibles and the winning. So, yeah, I, you just... 
that's the, the, the last X factor for the Grizz. Well, and an efficiency standpoint, too, right? You need to be reliable and efficient. I think at least for what Clifton McDowell did this year, he gave them a, a steady ship to be on, right? Because he didn't get hurt. You knew what you were going to get out of him. But to take yourself to the next level, you need to have a, a game changer that's ready to make game-winning plays, right, and be able to take a game over. I would go back even to the, the South Dakota State Championship game. That game was 7-3, to three, yep. Grizz fumble, and what was the first big play that sparked it? It was Gronowski on the run, broken play to the tight end, Hines, down the sideline. From there, they scored because Gronowski was able to make a play and get in the end zone, and from there, the game was over at 14-3. But it takes those types of plays, I think, that it is the X factor, because let's put this out there. The Grizz are definitely top five, right? We're, we're, we've already established that. But to be from top five to maybe a championship favorite, that's the difference we're talking about. It's so true, man. And this is something that the Cats have been going through the last couple of years as well. You, you get into that for sure top eight, maybe even that for sure top five or top four. But the gap between four, five, six, and one, and maybe even two, is so big. And so that's – but I do think Montana's right there. The last thing I would say that I think the Grizz need to add to the repertoire or that, that could really put them over the top is if you're going to continue to run an odd front defensively, you got to have either somebody that can come off the edge and rush the passer. They do it so well with Riley Wilson's position, but having another guy that's actually a defensive lineman to do that could be big. But more than anything, I think it's the guy out at nickel. I think that if you had a – I mean, I thought that the single most underrated player – coming out of the national championship compared to what I thought going in was Isaiah Stalbert. I thought he was absolutely a game changer for South Coast State. Number two, for those that were watching on TV, he was a dog. Montana's been pretty good at that nickel spot, but if they had an absolute game changer, it gives you so much versatility because you got a guy in the run fit, you got a guy that can come off the edge, you got a guy that can guard the slot fade, all of the above. Well, you said it. Versatility is the word, right? Now, I give the Grizz a lot of credit because what their weakness was last year, they clearly fixed up and made some adjustments this year, and they were more versatile defensively, but you need to make that one extra leap again, and I think continuing to evolve year by year, that's the spot, and I think that with the Grizz, who they brought in, and you can kind of see the method of the madness, right, with who they've already brought in, the time that this might get put out, there might be another transfer, but as of right now, eight or nine transfers have committed. They have an identity now that they want to build and, and continue to uh, tinker with it, and I think that, that is the spot. He, he was a beast by by the way, transfer from the NAIA level. Really, what a find for SDSU with that guy. That's the craziest part is you can find them anywhere, man. That We saw so, so many different guys that were lower-level, quote-unquote, players that play in this playoffs. I mean, like Delaware's linebacker was an absolute dude. He was a D2 player until this year. The other linebacker for the Freeman kid, Jason Freeman from, from South Coast State, he was also a, 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 a jump up rather than a drop down. So there's talent all over the place. Riley Corkin, voice of the Grizz, joining us here uh, on Nuanas now. All right, that's football in the, in the uh, books for a minute. Let's talk some uh, rivalry hoops. So the Grizz... Uh, had a bad loss Thursday to Northern Colorado. They're up 10 points with four minutes to go. They let it slip away. They lose in overtime. Then they bounce back in a big way. They drill NAU. I know Northern Arizona is completely shorthanded. They're not very good. But 90-45 in a conference game is going to turn some heads no matter what. And uh, in the meantime, the Cats swept those two opponents. I thought their win over Northern Colorado was a very nice one. Before we get into preview in this game between Montana and Montana mm-hmm. State in Bozeman on Saturday, uh, just your thoughts on the Grizz Hoops team uh, this current iteration. Well, it's crazy because the current 
team right now is not the one that I saw the, had the five-game winning streak in December because that was predicated on Money Williams. And it's certainly not the same team that I saw in November when the Grizz were taking their lumps, playing three really good teams and having a two-and-four record, and you're kind of thinking, okay, they're going to find their mojo. They have literally, Coulter, in all three months of the season, been a different team, right? And I give the coaching staff and the players, the experienced players, a lot of credit for that. But now you're starting to see how they need to win in the Big Sky Conference. You need to have more options than on and move. Right, And you, more importantly, they need to have a man late that's willing to take the game over and make that game-winning shot. Montana still, despite blowing that lead, was one shot away from winning it. They had two looks at the end of regulation. So I think just that X factor can put them over the top. They're going to lean on their experience and versatility. I mean, you have to rely on guys like Brandon Whitney and Deshaun Thomas. Now, they've been on torrid paces right now. Can they keep that up? If they can, Montana's going to have a great chance in March to cut down the nets. If they don't, then it's very clear this year that on and Moody is getting so much attention, face guarding, where he might not get a shot up in a half. We've seen that a couple of times this year. So they need to continue to evolve. I think the low post presence of Alalu Oki on defense combined with Tejon Sawyer, what he can provide with instant offense, that's something that maybe Montana has not had in the last couple of years to where they can really have an inside-outside game. It's going to be fascinating to see because for the last several years, one of the two teams in these rivalry games had among the dominant big guys in the league. For a little while, it was the Grizz with Jamar Rico, and then the last couple of years, it's been the Cats with Jabril Bello. Unfortunately, in these rivalry games, you know it's going to be so physical, and it's just, you've just been waiting. Okay, who's going to get two quick fouls? Who's going to the bench? Are we going to be in the bonus with 12 minutes to go in the first half? It's just exhausting because you just wish they could get up and down and, and let these guys play. I don't know, though. That, I don't know if that's going to be a fact. As, I, there's going to be a lot of physicality. There's going to be some foul calls that are annoying. But I don't know if that specific, hey, we're just watching the post and seeing how close they're calling it. Maybe that's not part of this year's game. That would be nice. I, I think it's going to be different, right? You look at the personnel of these groups. Montana's had the most explosive offense at least through half the season that they've ever had under Travis DeCure, and they predicated on the outside, right? So I'm hoping because we sit there and we joke a little bit before the tip-off for these rivalry games, and we go, all right, big factor in the game, who the three officials are going to yeah, be right. and what the style is going to be called. I'm with you. I don't think that it is going to be that physical type of game that we've been used to with Bello banging bodies underneath. But at the same time, I think it's going to be who can make the most threes. How about that? Montana, the last three three games, they've had 39 three-pointers. That's the best three-game stretch they've had in over a decade. The Cats, clearly, they, they lead the conference. They have Garaki, who leads the conference in threes. They're second with nine threes a game. Top 50 in the nation. It could be a shooting contest, which I think could be really fun for fans. And especially when you've played 306 times, there's going to be different versions of this rivalry over this. This one is going to be refreshingly different than I think what we've seen the last four or five seasons. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. It's our ESPN Roundtable, probably presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. If you're not going over to Bozeman, head on over to Paradise Falls. They'll have both games on, 2 p.m. for the women, 7 p.m. for the men. Um, 306 matchups. That's crazy. What's the all-time record at right now? The Grizz barely took the lead lately, right? They did. It is 154 to 151. The Grizz have the lead in that. Obviously, they, they've won 20 of the last 24, but the Cats have won three of the last four. So, it's always interesting, but this is the fifth most played rivalry in the history of college basketball. I think we all need to take a step back and appreciate that fact before we dive into the games on Saturday. Well, especially because now that they killed the Pac-12 and put it out to pasture, there's, there's no rivalries left, right? 
I mean, some of these rivalries are, are going to die. Probably, There's probably one, at least one that's going to get killed by this, this conference realignment. Well, that's interesting that you say that because the four most played rivalries all involve Washington, Washington State, Oregon, or Oregon State. Wow. So, yes, those are gonna, going to get broken up in some regard. Maybe if they only play once per year, eventually this matchup could pass them because for the time being, God help us all if the Grizz and the Cats ever split up. That won't happen, by the way. I'm not going to speculate. But at the same time, they play twice a year. That, of course, would uh, make them pass. But, yeah, in this day and age with no rivalries, let's uh, let's embrace this one. Well, Matt Logie said, and you'll hear it uh, later on this week on this show, uh, sometimes it's as simple as basketball as a make-or-miss game, and maybe this will just come down to whoever shoots it better. So, uh, that's I mean, it's interesting, though, because the Grizz have shot it really, really well at times this year. So have the Cats. So maybe that is the defining factor. Well, I think... I think it's going to be at the end of it all three-point percentage who makes the most threes and we know that coach Takir loves a challenge when it comes to putting together a defensive game plan how do you keep Montana State off the three-point line that's going to be a big factor in this game and and also let's just let's just see the a factor in the experience that's a question I'd ask you how much does that matter in this game at least feeling I talked with Anand Moody yesterday on the Inside the Den podcast and he said that he goes last year even though we're experienced in years, we didn't really know what we were getting into over there. Now, Montana State's got the, the list of newcomers this year. How much does that affect them at home? Because as you know, you take four to five to six minutes off to get used to the situation, you can get hit in the mouth and can never come back. He's Riley Corgan, voice of the Grizz. You can find his call 7 p.m. on the Grizzly Radio Network. Thanks for swinging by, man. Absolutely, man. ESPN Roundtable, proudly presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. Paradise Falls, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner seven days a week. Great place to gather with family and friends alike. They have 22 big screen TVs, plus uh, all sorts of food and drink specials. Check them out there on Brooks Street, 3621 Brooks, to be specific. Paradise Falls, Missoula's coolest hotspot. Our lead-up coverage to the rivalry game between Montana and Montana State. The men's game, 7 p.m., in Bozeman continues. We go to the Rangers Brothers RV phone line now. Welcome in Keaton Gloglies, the voice of the Montana State Bobcats. Keaton, haven't talked to you in a little while, man. How you doing? How's your Christmas? Happy New Year. Yeah, yeah, man. Things are good. Uh, everything is defrosted today, so feeling good about that. And uh, yeah, we're, we're in the full swing of things. It is a fascinating basketball season in Bozeman this year. Well, totally. I, I know uh, you and I were texting, watching the Utah State-New Mexico game last night. Obviously, a, a familiar central figure there, Danny Sprinkle, former Montana State hit men's basketball coach. I know a guy you got to know well because uh, your time there at Montana State sort of coincided with his uh, great championship seasons each of the last two years. So what would you think of the game last night? That's a tough place to play, man. In the pit in New Mexico, those fans were rocking last night, and the New Mexico kind of ran away with it. But uh, fun seeing Sprinks on national TV. Yeah, no doubt. It, it's cool to watch. And the interview you had with him was uh, was awesome. And just hearing how difficult it was for him to make that decision, to make that move. But ultimately, we all understand that that's the right choice. And, you know, he's, I, look, if you if you told me that man won his national championship uh, before the end of his career, like, I would not be surprised. Totally. So it's really fun watching those guys do what they're doing and having the success. And, yeah, they lost that game. But at the same time, they've clearly announced themselves as, uh, as one of the forces in the Mountain West. And it was also cool when we were at uh, Weber State that first week at a big sky play uh Darius Brown and uh and, and great Osibor and uh, Xavier Bishop and even the trainer Brett Ritter actually uh, actually came up to to Ogden and 
caught our game, said hello, visited with the guys after the game. So it was nice catching up with them too. So yeah, we're we're all rooting for them and. Uh, very cool to see the type of success they're having there. And in the back of your mind, you can't quite help but wonder what they would look like in the big sky this year. Oh, man, watching Greg Osobar and Darius Brown dominate Mountain West competition. By the way, <laughs> Mountain West is definitely one of the best leagues in the country this year. You're like, man, these guys yeah. would have been tearing it up in the big sky. That said, though, Montana State's been pretty good under first-year head coach uh, Matt Logie. So let's start there when it comes to this current Bobcat team. Coach Sprinkle, as he said on this show yesterday, and, and as he always says, no matter who he talks to, he's so steadfast in it. Culture, culture, culture. We're all about these pillars of this culture. And uh, I know Matt Logie has a whole new spin on things, but it seems like it's been a pretty decent transition. So how have they been able to transition away? A lot of times when you go from, you know, I mean, arguably an all-time great coach and Danny Sprinkle uh, in the Montana State uh, ranks in their history uh, to now a guy who's been a head coach for a long time but not in the Division One ranks. What's the transition like? How have they been able to do it pretty seamlessly? Yeah, man, it's uh, it's been fascinating. And, and uh, you know, the this last weekend maybe looks like it's been pretty seamless, but frankly, it really hasn't been. Uh, it's been a heck of a roller coaster ride. You know, they had that win at Cal early sure. in the season, but uh, Patrick McMahon got hurt in that game, and he was really going to probably be—he was going to be the best player on this team, and he's done for the year. Unfortunately, he's going to get the year back, but you know that—that was—that that caused them to have to search a little bit and try to figure some things out. And so it, it was kind of a new team after that. Uh, they had the loss to Rocky Mountain, you know, obviously a very good NAIA, but you lost to an NAIA. That was tough. Uh, they had the th- nearly thirty-point loss in Brookings against a very good South Dakota State team. So they've had some lows, but they've also had some really high highs. And I think when we look back, particularly at last week, it may have been uh, a bit of a turning point because that loss against South Dakota State was bad. I mean, that first half was one of the worst halves of the season. That was absolutely one of the low points of the year. And we've been talking about it all year. It's going to be a roller coaster ride. There's going to be low points. At the same time, there's going to be some high points. And Coach Logie talked about it. And he was pretty frank. He really challenged the team at practice that, that, that week going into NAU and, and UNC. He needed more out of them. He needed more of a defensive commitment. He needed more effort and energy and more execution in terms of the X's and O's of what they're doing defensively. And, you know, I think one of the things that's so interesting about watching this team this year is the way they've sucked together through the lows. You know, uh, having a, a staff or uh, a lack of leadership or a different coaching staff or different guys in that locker room, at any point in time, they could have crumbled after the NAIA loss. They, they could have crumbled after that South Dakota State loss and just let this thing spiral out of control. But instead, uh, they found a way to come back, and they dominated Northern Arizona. And I mean, we'll see how good NAU is, but either way, like we saw the effort, we saw the energy, we saw the communication. And uh, I think that Northern Colorado team that, that they beat – uh, while leading for 30 of the 40 minutes, it is going to probably be up there and, and competing for one of those top two seeds for the Big Sky Tournament. I mean, St. Thomas is legit, and he's not just a contender for newcomer of the year. He's going to rival Dylan Jones for conference player of totally. the year. And the, the D2 kid, Brian Garak, you came up with Logie and some of his staff, uh, he, he locked him down pretty good defensively. I mean, St. Thomas got his numbers, but he wasn't very efficient, and he made some really, really tough shots. So, it's been impressive to see the way they've kind of built things up, and uh, it's 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 getting going in the right direction. And now we've got a fascinating test on Saturday between these two teams. Keaton Glogue is joining us here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. He's the voice of the Bobcats. It's our ESPN Roundtable. Montana State men's hoops hosts Montana men's basketball, 7 p.m. You can find uh, 
the coverage all across a variety of different places, including uh, the Bobcat Radio Network, and Keaton will be on the uh, the call. For people that haven't followed along with Montana State very much this year, how would you just describe stylistically the way that they're playing right now? You know, it, it's kind of funny. What what they played this last weekend was different than what we've seen seen all year. I thought uh, so too, the, actually. That's interesting. Yeah, you know, like uh, one of the one of the topics that we've been kind of talking about on our podcast and about Cat Insider podcast and some other things is this is kind of a basketball junkies year if you're a Bobcat fan, right? Like there's a lot of nuances in what's happening right now. And if you're kind of a casual, you may not pick up on it. You may be kind of disappointed by some things or get put off by the record. But, you know, this, this is a team that has had multiple iterations of itself. And we saw better shot making this last weekend than we've seen all year long. I mean, that was an incredibly classic, physical Big Sky game against Northern Colorado. So we're seeing some guys make some shots. Uh, we're seeing them get into the post more. We're seeing more point paints, uh, paints in the point now. Uh, Brandon Walker is a guy who is showing more and more versatility offensively in terms of how he can score the basketball. Uh, Rob Ford has continued to be a force on the glass. He's under six foot. And he averaged 12 rebounds a game and has five double-doubles this year. Uh, Brian Garaki, the D2 transfer from Point Loma, uh, looks like the most athletic player on the field, or on the field, on the hardwood. And, uh, you know, they're, they're knocking down some threes, but they've kind of gone away a little bit from relying on it too much. Now, they shot 40% from three this weekend in the two games combined, but it wasn't like they shot otherworldly. They We started to see some more balance. One of the best stats that, that kind of came out of that Northern Colorado game was there was four guys that took between 10 and 13 field goal attempts, and they all shot over 50%. So that type of balance, that type of ball movement, we're starting to see a little bit more, and that just comes with them getting more comfortable with the new system that Logie and the staff are putting in place. For those that have followed Matt Logie, it's interesting because I've actually had Logie on my radar for a really long time only because Matt Logie's grandfather is Ed Peppel. Ed Peppel's uh, a legendary high school basketball coach in the in the uh, Seattle area. He was at Mercer Island Prep for a really long time. He was Travis DeKeer. Uh, Ed Peppel was Travis DeKeer's basketball coach in high school. So Trav has known Matt Logie since Matt Logie was the ball boy way back in the day. So there's a, an interesting connection for you. But the Grizz for years when Matt Logie was at Whitworth would play Whitworth in uh, exhibition games. And I always was impressed with all the, the offensive stuff. And like you're saying, sort of the basketball junkie stuff, like the, the intricacies of all the different sets that they're running yeah. and the offenses and stuff. And and I think you can see Logie uh, putting his spin on things. I think the other thing that's really impressed me so much is how, well, first of all, they inherited a roster that almost didn't exist because the Cats had so much attrition. They re-recruited yeah. it. They brought in a whole bunch of good talent. But then they've taken that talent and they said, okay, hey, Here's the stuff we like to do, our identity, but also here's what we have. Let's coach to that. I think that's been impressive. I think that's a really good mark uh, of, a, of a good coach, recognizing what you got and playing to the strengths of your roster. Yeah, and it was it was a really tough situation when they were constructing this roster. I mean, Logie was one of the last coaches hired uh, during the, the D1 carousel this year. It was at the very end uh, of the transfer portal window. So, you know, look, it was it was slim pickings. Guys had been picked over already because the staff just wasn't here yet. So that was a really, really big challenge. And they went out and they had a very clear idea of the type of guys that they wanted to get. They wanted to get some guys who had some experience of high D1 hoops. That didn't have to be Power 5, but just, you know, you're bringing some guys out of the WCC and some other things like that. So you wanted some guys who had some Division One quality experience. You wanted some guys that had some chips 
on their shoulder, you know, something that they wanted to go out and prove. And now it's just about, you know, melding that and, and, and uh, you know, making sure that they fit into what they've got going on here and getting all those guys together. And, you know, even though they did lose a lot, you know, Rob Ford is the glue guy of this team. I mean, he is as blue collar as it gets in terms of his effort and energy on the floor. And look, he, he put his name in the transfer portal. We all understand why. We respect that. And he decided to come back, and that's really cool. And now he's one of the guys who is a legitimate culture carrier for this team. Uh, you know, Tyler Patterson is playing a little bit of a different way now. The three-point shot has still been up and down for him, but we're seeing him take a few more mid-range jumpers. We're seeing him put a little more effort and, and energy into the defensive side of, of the ball, which is great because he is big, he is long, and, and can kind of be rangy on that side of the ball. So we're watching this thing all slowly come together, and it's not going to be a straight line, but... Uh, there is a really good chance that last week was a turning point for this team. And now how do they handle this environment coming up on Saturday? And I think it's going to be really, really beneficial for this team and for this staff, which does have a former Grizz on the staff now, and Zach Payne, who was a part of the Cure's uh, coaching staff the last couple of years in Missoula. You know, How do these guys handle this rivalry? Because a lot of them don't know what it's going to be like. And I think it's good for them to have it here in Bozeman first to kind of get a sense of what it's like with the hometown crowd and I think that will pay dividends when they have to go to Missoula in February. King Logley, voice of the Bobcats here on Nuwana's Now ESPN Radio. It's our ESPN Roundtable, probably presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. All right, last thing for you then. I mean, the environment's always a huge factor. Coach DeCure's coached in, you know, 20-plus of these. This is the first one for Matt Logie, so we sort of understand that part of the dynamic as well. You got some guys on both sides that have played in it, a whole bunch of guys on both sides that haven't played in it. But in terms of just the matchup, what do you think are going to be the keys? Is it all the sort of the intangible stuff handling the environment, or is it about you know the X's and O's and the execution? Where do we fall on what's going to be the determining factors there in Bozeman on Saturday night? And it's hard to answer because I just still there's still so many questions with this Bobcat roster right totally. now and. This was a great weekend, no question about it. They're riding high after that. But you and I both know how quickly things change in the big sky from week to week. It's just the nature uh, of this conference, which makes it so much fun to follow. But, you know, I think at first it boils down first to Anon Moody. Is he going to be knocking down shots? You know, one of the fun stats that, uh, you know, if there's any Bobcats fans driving around here to, to hold on to is that Moody, who's now in his seventh year, third different big sky school, all time he is 0-6 against Montana State through his three different stops. So can the Cats continue to slow him down a little bit? Can they defend that three-point line against Deshaun Thomas since he's coming off that hot weekend? And can they, can they defend without fouling? We know how much Brandon Whitney can and a scoring drought when he gets going downhill and gets himself to the free throw, free throw line. So we're going to see that there. And, uh, the other thing for, for Montana State is, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, not really sure who's going to guard Brandon, uh, you know, Brandon Walker from Montana. You know, obviously, Sean Thomas is very good. He's got great size, but he also plays out on the perimeter a ton. Lalu Oki has been, you know, a little up and down this year. So who's going to defend Brandon Walker? How much are they going to help off and have to bring a second or third defender on Brandon Walker? Because he's really in a rhythm right now. And I thought the, the size in the front court was going to be a big question for Montana State throughout the year. But those questions have started to get answered uh, by Walker. And I haven't mentioned Chica Daduka yet, either, who's coming off the bench to transfer from Portland. You know, he's another guy who his stat line doesn't really pop. But the last two or three games, we've really seen great energy great effort on the glass, even if he's not 
recording the rebound of the stat sheet. He's boxing the guy out or getting the tip or setting the screen. And he's just, he's really elevated his game and has become a bit more of that quote unquote glue guy. So I'm going to be really interested to see what Brandon Walker does, how they choose to defend him and where that potentially opens some other things up. Cause right now Brandon Walker is, is really starting to turn into a, a black hole in the sense that he's just, he's gravity, right? Like he, he brings a lot of guys down toward him. And if the cats can get some of those mid range shots, if Ryan Garaki does what he does lately, then, you know, Montana State could have a good day. But you just you never know in this Cat-Grizz game. And it's just it's such it's such an oil and water between the Cats and the Grizz this year in terms of their roster construction. Keen Gloogly, voice of the Bobcats here on Nuwana's Now. Thanks for being here, buddy. Good luck on the call on Saturday. And uh, we'll see you soon, hopefully. But uh, thanks for being here today. Yeah, no doubt. And if anybody's coming to the game, it's a whiteout. So wear your white for both the men and the women. There you go. One is now ESPN Radio. It's our ESPN Roundtable, probably presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. We got free wings for you, plus some Grizz hockey updates. Next, keep it right here. 1029 ESPN Missoula. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. When it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice, and that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days, and that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Now is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Coulter Nuanas. Sign out for a Wingy Wednesday. We got a dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill for you. Text us. Questions, comments, concerns. What do you think about the transfers coming and going from the University of Montana? There's one you can answer. Or anything else you want to text us about. Just Wings Works as well. Anybody that texts in, 406-888-1029, you'll get uh, entered in to win a free basket of wings from the Desperado. Can't think of a better evening than some wings at the Despo. Head on over to the Glacier Ice Rink right across the way at the fairgrounds. Watch some Grizz hockey. They're back in town Saturday night. Uh, That's January 20th. For those looking at your calendar and they're against the University of Providence on Saturday. We're joined now by Grizz Hockey Head Coach Mike Anderson. He's only got about four minutes to join us here on the show today because <laughs> he's got some stuff to get into. But, Coach, thanks for joining us, man. Uh, first of all, today, 9-3 win over Williston State. So, uh, take us through it. What would you think? Well, I was having to watch it on my uh, on the stream here on GrizzHockey.com, yeah. 102.9. 102.9 on the radio as I was driving back home from work. I couldn't get out of a work thing, so I had to stay back and was able to watch and take it in in that uh, way, and I liked the pace we played at. I liked how we we didn't take anyone lightly, and we played our own game strong, and we were rewarded for it. I wish we would have been a little bit better defensively at times, but overall, 
The guys worked really hard in a weird situation. They had to get up really early, weekday game at a neutral site five hours away. So they're on their way back. They played well. They got the W, got a good goal differential. So all in all, it was a good game for us. Well, totally. I mean, totally understandable why you couldn't make it because this was sort of a surprise deal, right? This was supposed to happen on the, over the weekend, and it didn't. So then uh, yeah. a reschedule. So I mean, what, what was the intent? I mean, obviously, you want to get as many games as you can to get as good as you possibly can. But what did you think of just the, the logistics of all of this? Uh, you know, it was really, in the SHA, if you don't play the game, someone has to forfeit. Is oh, what it came down okay. To. And and we certainly didn't want to lose any, any uh, stake in the rankings for any reason. So we were able to make a neutral site work. It's literally five hours away for both of us. Right. So from Williston, it's five. From Missoula, it's five. So it's a great meeting spot for us. And um, something we might, you know, take advantage of in the future. We'll see. But it was... Uh, it was something that came together pretty quick, a few emails, a few phone calls, and next thing you know, we're playing at 12.30 on a Wednesday So in Billings. So it was a bit thrown together quick, but the rink of Billings and Tenny Ice Arena did a really nice job hosting us, got refs for us, got scorekeepers, and, and made it pretty easy, so it was good. Want some wings? Text us, 406-888-1029, the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill, best wings in Missoula, 888-1029. Grizz Hockey head coach Mike Anderson joining us here uh, on Nuanas Now. Grizz have a home game on Saturday, but that's after a road game on Friday. So certainly one of the most formidable foes for the Grizz Hockey team since uh, their uh, reignition here a couple of years ago has been the University of Providence uh, up there in Great Falls. So uh, Grizz are in the Electric City, 7.30 puck drop Friday night. You can find all that action here on ESPN Radio and on the uh, ESPN MT app. And then on Saturday, back at the Glacier Ice Rink, 8.30 p.m. puck drop Saturday night. So, uh, Coach, break down this matchup for us. Providence has been formidable in the past. I'm sure they're still competitive now. Oh, yeah, they're a good team. Uh, you know, they had a bit of a coaching switch earlier in the year, and so their schedule hasn't been very uh, big. They only played, we've, we've won as many games as they've played. Uh, they're 11-4. and four. Uh, they've played good teams, though, and they've done well. We split with them a couple months ago at this point. feels like forever ago. Uh, so we're excited to play them again. They're, you know, top pretty, their top line is very good, one of the best top lines in the, at our level. And they got a pretty good, solid roster throughout, and good goaltending, and got a nice, good coach up there. So we're excited to play them. We're very happy that uh, the teams in Montana are good teams. It leads to a lot of fun games. And we haven't been to Great Falls in a while, uh, so we play them, you know, Friday night at 7.00. And uh, excited to get up there and see what we can do on the road and then come back home what, for the first time what it feels like forever and, and play in front of our fans with all the students back. So we're pretty stoked about that for Fan Appreciation Night. and Just happy to be back in the groove and, and playing good teams. He's Mike Anderson, Grizz Hockey. You can find him back in town on Saturday, but anytime they're in action, both Friday, Saturday, and uh, otherwise, you can always find him on ESPN Radio right here, 102.9 uh, FM around Western Montana, as well as uh, streamed on the ESPN MT app. Mike, thanks for being here, man. Best of luck this weekend, and uh, we'll catch up with you next week. Yeah, thanks, Colter. Have a good one. One more try, 406-888-1029. You want a dozen wings at the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill? We got them for you. Best wings in the city of Missoula. Text us about Grizz football, Grizz hockey, Bobcat basketball, whatever you want. Uh, any and all engagements, but especially those that are indicating that you like some wings, text us right now, 406-888-1029. And uh, one lucky winner be walking away with uh, 12 delicious wings from the Desperado uh, Sports Tavern and Grill this Wednesday and every Wednesday, Wing It Wednesday, here on uh, Nuanas Now. If you've been listening, you've been listening to the Sports Center that Andrew put together 
dizzying the amount of transfer action uh, in the, for the University of Montana. They've had a couple on the way out, but a whole truckload on the way in. Hard to evaluate until we actually see these guys in person, but we'll give you some facts and some figures about uh, all the newcoming, incoming, new incoming, I should say, newcoming, new incoming Montana Grizzlies uh, right after this. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Nuwana is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I was just flipping through this. 1999, July 26, 1999, Sports Illustrated. This is when Sports Illustrated was sort of wrapping up the 20th century. They embarked on several big projects, including naming the top 100 athletes in each and every of the 50 states in the United States. This issue, though, featured some of the great sports photos in the history of uh, not only the magazine, but sports in general. And, uh, I mean, not only I saved it because of... Uh, the epic photos that are in the middle of this, but also just because I like hanging on to the the, uh, iconic ones. I mean, this is, the the photo on the cover is perhaps the most iconic photo in the history of of sports. Uh, One of it, for sure. Muhammad Ali, back when he was Cassius Clay, standing over the top of Sonny Liston uh, from their famed, legendary heavyweight title fight back in May of 1965. And I believe, I mean, this photo is all over the place. I mean, it's everywhere in the sports world. But I'm pretty sure this is the only time this was on the cover because I don't think Sports Illustrated quite existed then. And if so, I don't think this photo was on the cover of SI. So uh, that's why I saved it. Funny looking at all the uh, the ads, the print ads in there. Uh, it's amazing the way that it all has uh, evolved and, and changed over the years. I mean, that was just a short, uh, I guess now 25 years ago, 1999 was. Crazy to think. But uh, we're almost to the we're almost to the quarter century mark of the 21st century. If you missed anything in Nuwana's now today, we had around the big sky and women's hoops, the Crystal Red Path, breaking down all things women's basketball and giving you a preview of the Cat Grizz game in Bozeman. We also heard from Trisha Binford in hour number one. She's Montana State's head uh, head women's basketball coach. We'll hear from uh, Brian Holsinger, the Lady Grizz basketball coach, uh, upcoming. I think we're going to play that for you on uh, Friday. Also upcoming later on this week, we have Travis DeCure from the Grizz Men, Anand Moody from the Grizz Men, as well as Matt Logie and Robert Ford III from the uh, Montana State Men. So a ton of, ton more interviews for you uh, coming down the pipe. The second hour of is now today. Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz, Keaton Glogley, the voice of the Bobcats, and Mike Anderson, Grizz Hockey Head Coach. So a ton of guests, a ton of great insight here today. You can find all of it on the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by Schulte Law. If you're on a bad day, you've been injured, it wasn't your fault, you're in trouble, Schulte Law can help you. they got expert litigators that have been around Montana for five generations. jschultelaw.com. Nuanas Now podcast also present, presented by the M-Store, where they're all grizz all the time, and the MSU Bookstore. Visit msubookstore.org. Andrew, on uh, Monday, we gave people an update on the transfer portal. And when it comes to the University of Montana, they are hitting it hard, hard. I mean, I, I didn't know how many transfers they were going to take here at the mid-year. I figured they'd take a handful, and then they would get through spring ball and evaluate their roster and then maybe take another handful. I didn't really expect there to be approaching double digits in this cycle, but here we are. They are approaching double digits in this cycle, and they're getting them from a whole bunch of different areas. I mean, they got a couple FCS to FCS guys. They got a couple Mountain West to Big Sky guys. They got a couple Power Five 
to Big Sky guys. So uh, I guess the first question is, are you surprised by how many, just the number of transfers that they've taken so far already this offseason? I'm not surprised, Coulter, and and here's why. And I think it's a good thing for Montana uh, that they're taking so many guys. They've got to take advantage of this opportunity, right? I'm talking about the opportunity with the name recognition and the prestige that they picked up by going on the run to the national championship game. You've got the hammer now. You can say, hey, look at this game that we just played in the semifinals at home. That was to go to the national championship we were in the national championship game. We can be back there again, yep. and you can be the guys to take us over the top. Yet that opportunity doesn't come around for a lot of teams. It might not have come around for Montana this year if if any number of things had happened. If they lost that Furman game or that North Dakota State game, you don't have that opportunity. But now you have a unique sales pitch. It's not going to be there in the summer. You have to take it, or at least not as strongly as it is now. You have to take advantage of it. So I've been impressed by what Bobby Houck and the recruiting guys on that staff have done uh, in grabbing so many guys now when they have the opportunity to make that unique pitch. I've thought about this a lot over my career, analyzing this stuff. In terms of the pitches you can make recruits in regard, I mean, everybody's pitching. It's a great school. It's a great community. We have, you know, uh, all sorts of fun. There's all of that stuff. And and there's, you know, to each their own in terms of their opinions of it. But the, in terms of, hey, here's what we're pitching you to what you're going to do for this program. Or here's where our program is at. Here's what we're building. You can pitch the full-on rebuild. Hey, we're tearing this thing down. We're going to build it back up. We're going to get, you know, X school back to the, the, the glory where they deserve. Hey, come join the prestigious tradition. We're going to keep this thing rolling, be a part of something special, win national championships at North Dakota State, you know, stuff like that. I do think, though, that the most easy to comprehend and perhaps the most just stark and swift recruitment you can give to a young man is we are great. We have all this great stuff about us, but we are this close to getting over the top, and you are going to who's is who's going to put us over the top. Like there's something special about trying to join something that's been so close. And then you get to be a part of knocking down the door, kicking down, uh, you know, the obstacle in front of you. And so I I think that's the pitch they have right now. I totally agree with you. You got to strike while the iron's hot. And if it means you got to do some roster reorganization after spring ball, so be it. You got to just load up as much as you can. Absolutely right. It's a great pitch. And it's a pitch that's been sort of unconsciously put into these players' minds over the last month, right? Exactly. Because these young guys are, they're full. Football guys, they've been watching the FCS playoffs. That's they right. know what's going on. They've been seeing Montana on national TV for the last month. You're already in their minds. You come to them with that pitch. I think I think it's great to watch for Montana, and I, I agree with you. You know, if a guy doesn't exactly fit the roster, you, you know, I think Montana's two starting cornerbacks are coming back in the fall, right? Go out and get a guy. You can figure it out later. Get the talent in right now. Like you said, roster reorganization if you need to after spring ball or even going into the fall. But I think, what do what we talk about? What's the biggest difference between Montana and South Dakota State at the top of the FCS? The pure talent level. Here you have a unique opportunity to add talent and worry about the worry about how it all fits together later. Montana's done that. I've been really impressed. I think I think Corbin Walker graduates though, right? Is that right? I, I think Corbin Walker because he's a true he's a fourth year guy that could have a fifth year, but I, I he told the Missoulian, I believe that he's that he's done. He's I, out. Think, I think he's going to do his pro day and uh, you know see where that might take him, and then I think he's done. But but you're right. That, I mean that's fair. Point stands though. I mean somebody like Stevie Rocker, the Jerry Rice Award winners coming back for you at running back, and you're and you're still bringing in. Uh, yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, 
Kenzel Lawler is an interesting one. The University of Utah transfer. He's the the latest, at least as of right now. They still have a couple more guys that they're waiting on hearing from. But uh, last night we heard, you know, the uh, Keaton Johnson, who's one of the recruiting guys there at Montana. He uh, he always does his little meme with the firing of the cannon, which is sort of indicative of there's you know there's been a commit. And when they did that, I thought it was the big linebacker from Washington, who's, who we previously had talked about, who's been on a visit here uh, in Missoula. He picked up an offer from Nevada. Yeah. So Jeff Choate's courting him. And, and he uh, committed to Nevada. Oh, he actually committed to he Nevada. He committed to Nevada during the first hour of the show, oh, okay. I believe. So I saw that he got a, uh, an offer. I knew he was kind of down to Montana and Nevada. So he commits to Nevada. So that's one that people were waiting on. I think a lot of people thought that the the, the boom tweet last night was because of uh, that young man, Austin H. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Uh, but instead it was Kenzel Lawler, who's committing from Utah. And uh, I know next to nothing about this this young man. All I know is this. If you were a defensive back at the University of Utah, you're a baller. Like, they, they have one of the Absolutely. great secondaries in in the uh, big sky, or excuse me, in the in all of uh, the West in college football, basically. Well, that's the thing. I, I can't tell you, and I'm not going to tell you, which of these guys are going to work out, which of these guys aren't. I, I just know there are going to be guys in this group of nine who are going to be Clear contributors for Montana in the fall. Yep. There's probably going to be a couple of them who are going to be all big sky level. There's probably going to be a couple others who are going to be contributors. There are probably going to be a couple of them who aren't going to make it. We don't know which of those guys it's going to be yet, but they're increasing the talent level, and it's going to pay off. Well, and it's also just increasing the competition as well, which is what Bobby Houck does best, cultivating competition uh, internally. Nuanas now. Thanks so much for kicking it with us tomorrow. Got a full slate of guests for you. We'll hear from Matt Logie. We'll hear from Anand Moody. We'll hear from Brooks Duanez talking all things NFL and uh, whatever else fun we'd like to talk about. We'll see you at 4 p.m. tomorrow. Nuanas now, ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.